Welcome back. This is Just Plebs. I'm Savannah. I'm Hori. And today is November 26th. Um, I wanted to start kind of with a follow-up from last episode um, in terms of the San Francisco homeless issue that is no longer an issue, apparently, according to uh, Gavin Newsom, though. Uh, it was and it was not cleaned up just for the Apex Summit. Uh, if we have a, uh, just a reminder of his response to that, that speculation. What are you, a news anchor reporter? What is this? <laughs> just say what you want to play. I'm asking for you to play the, like, then say that. Clip. There's no way I'll know I was what hoping you're you were picking that up. No. What, what am I, your, no, this is, I'm your Come tech on. guy now? This is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, you're All the right. clip guy. Whatever. Just play it. Okay. Just, just say the clip you want me to play. Don't. Gavin Newsom. The, okay. Jeez. There you go. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. It's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. All right. Yeah. So where do they go, Savannah? So uh, we were asking last week, where did they go? They did just, uh, they're gone out of California, right? Wrong. Um, they are actually still in California. So if you want to play the ABC clip. They don't say ABC. Uh, San Francisco's homeless issue solved. Uh, okay. Where did solved. San Francisco's homeless population go? We found many of them. Oh, I, I do. I really, you know what? It's nice to know that it's like, it's not just us, but even the news reporters are wondering where the state They're put like, them. Yeah. <laughs> where did they go? They're like, how did they get rid of them so easily? Yeah. You know? Okay. Sorry. Where did San Francisco's homeless population go? <laughs> we found many of them on Willow Street. Where were you before being here on Willow? Uh, Harrison and Fifth Street, down the way a bit. Before APEC, Cody had set camp two blocks from Moscone Center. For the last week, U.S. Secret Service has been restricting access to a 12-square block radius in the Soma neighborhood for the summit. Cody said city workers showed up and offered him shelter. He took it. That many of the folks who are, who are staying south of Market on the street have been asked to relocate. And many of those people who were asked to relocate were offered shelter. Okay, th th that answers the question, but like... It doesn't, though, but because... But it doesn't, no. It just, uh, yeah, it's, an, it's a non-answer answer. So they just restricted their ability to be on the street right. around the conference center, Okay. right? Probably the path it took to get from the airport to the conference center, too. And then they, they, oh, they offered them shelter. Where? Yeah. <laughs> where was the shelter? Where, was it not available beforehand? Where was that location? The 12 square block. Uh, um, no, no, no. The, the avenues that he was on. Oh, uh, Willow? Uh, Har Harrison? Okay. I'm not going to look this up. I think okay. they moved to Willow, which is outside of that, that block. So they just shuffle them to the they next block They just shuffle them somewhere else. But my question, okay, so if they moved them... Did Willow have a homeless issue to begin with? And I, if they didn't, did do they you look now? up if it's a if it's a like a street area? Is it it's, or it's, is it a it's town? It's a street. It's a business area. Oh, okay. Willow Street. It's just moved a couple streets over, right? But it's still that downtown area. Sure. Um, and then like, what's the plan for now that the conference is over? Are they going to shuffle them back? No, to they where just they let were? them go. No, I, I know. So that did, did they just expand the location of the homeless? issue uh, right because some yeah. are gonna probably shuffle back to where they were right but then some might stay where they are now and if there wasn't already a homeless issue there 
But I mean, what are we saying? There's probably a homeless issue everywhere. Downtown. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's necessarily makes a difference. No, I don't know if that made a difference. It, they're just they're moving. Sorry, they're moving to a different spot. So that kind of went along the lines of the Gavin Gavin answer, <laughs> Mr. Okay. Newsom. So it's an answer. There's not no really answer. being an answer. Okay. Oh, okay. You made it seem like you found you found that they moved them to like Indiana or something. Yeah, they just transported. They put them on oh, a bus, shuffled defla- them over okay. to a different state. A little bit deflating. That's fine. That's pretty good. Anyways. Uh, yeah, not. They didn't up and disappear. No. They did get up and walk away, They did though. just shuffle them to the to the next square, to the next block over. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. It's probably yeah. cheaper. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, pretty intense news there, buddy. Um, oh, I just thought it was a follow-up. No, yeah, we good. didn't know the answer last week. And so. we still don't. <laughs> and we still don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds good. You have a lot more of San Francisco, I see. Uh, you had a couple other yeah. clips. What do you want to get started on? Well, um, so, I mean, on, along the lines of San Francisco safety, it's not the safest place to be. Um, a lot no of businesses kidding. have moved out of there due to um, uh, a heavy shoplifting. And San Francisco is now proposing a safe shopping initiative for the holidays. And that's where you play the San Francisco safe shopping clip. Okay. You're breathing heavy into the mic, by the way. You don't need to point that out. (laughs) Just thought I'd point it out. (laughs) Thank you. It just seemed fun. That's all. After a series of thefts scared away shoppers and shut down stores, San Francisco launched a safe shopping initiative, beefing up patrols to ease jitters. Same goes for Miami-Dade's Dolphin Mall, where canine... Did you clip the clip that we were sent? Yeah. Oh. I just shortened it a little. Okay. What you, okay. Ten extra officers will be more visible. You're going to be probably the safest you could be anywhere any place in the world police drones are now okay that's a very bold statement to make for san francisco Mm -hmm. by the way the safest place you'll be in the entire world yeah very bold in the air 14 hours a day after this brazen attack on a jewelry store last year officers are also monitoring 2500 security cameras we've created this real-time watch center where all of the city cameras can be watched in a single place. Is it working? Is it bringing Absolutely. crime down? It is. It is, is it making people feel safer? I think so. I think you missed something of that clip. What? Don't get defensive. I'm just I'm just pointing it no, out. No, what did, what do you think I missed? I think you missed the bigger portion of it, which was the initial hold on. <laughs> A flash mob of 17 masked thieves pushing past holiday shoppers to rob a Nike store this week near Los. Separate clip, so we're not on the same page then. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so this is where. Okay, man. I would have left that clip the way it was, in my opinion. But that's just me. Uh. I definitely. Okay. I mean, the rest of the clip just sets the scene of how bad the shoplifting is. Right. But what I was curious about was the the weirdness of like surveillancing. That's that's what I that's what I included though. So they're they want to increase they want to have drones up in the air fourteen hours a day surveilling. Can the I hear that again? Then? Street, yeah, play it again. After a series of thefts scared away shoppers and shut down stores, San Francisco launched a safe shopping initiative, beefing up patrols to ease jitters. Okay, we got patrols. Same goes for Miami-Dade's Dolphin Mall, where canines and extra officers will be more visible. You're going to be. Probably the safest you could be anywhere, any place in the world. 
Good uh, poor advertisement. Yeah. Police drones are now in the air 14 hours a day after this brazen attack on a jewelry store last. It could be anywhere, any place in the world. Police drones are now in the air 14 hours a day after this mm -hmm. brazen attack on a jewelry store last year. Officers so are have, also monitoring. So you have increased uh, in-person presence mm -hmm. with police dogs. Um, you have the police drones, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of a new aspect up in the Air Force. Yeah, I haven't today. heard of that. Yeah. Um, and the third part is uh, if you want to keep playing it. 2,500 security cameras. We've created yeah. this okay. real-time watch. I'm sorry. Set. Yeah. So where? I mean, yeah. So it's, it's 2,500 police cameras. So that's through the city cameras, mm -hmm. surveillance systems. But they have a uh, what he's saying is there's a real-time watch center. So everything is live footage. 2,500 cameras being watched live in one spot. Yeah. How do they have the personnel for that and the funding? Oh, it's probably done through some programming, right? That's, uh, I guess I can cut into my portion of it. Man, we're we're on the same path, but I think we're looking at things just slightly different, which is fine. I'm not upset about that. But, I mean, one thing that I, I, I do have a question about is I'm not sure what the, I know that there was um, where you can't, Police can't make arrests unless they physically see a crime happen or the lead up to a crime. But if they showed up later and they're going off of witness testimony, then they can't make mm -hmm. an arrest because, then, you know, it could be uh, presuming it's the wrong person. Right. How does that work with live footage like security cameras and drones? Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's so what is the point of the drones then? So let's. Let's go back a bit. Okay. Let's, um, yes, you're, I think you're kind of, I think you're jumping a little bit ahead, in my opinion. Well, those were just my questions. No, definitely. So, clip. so let's, so I got a couple. I got a couple, again, back to the holidays, right? We had Thanksgiving. We had Black Friday. Uh, it seems like we get a lot of, uh, I didn't realize that trucks were getting pulled over like their Wild Wild West freight train robbery. Um, and we have Amazon trucks. Tonight, amid Rob. the holiday shopping rush, a rash of retail theft. By the way, that's a good for that lady saying that sentence completely. A rush of no, hold on. You can't even say it. Tonight, amid the holiday shopping rush, a rash of retail. A rush, a rash. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. It really is. I couldn't say that. I started I just you... trying to figure it out. Currently. Yeah. Sorry. Tonight, amid the holiday shopping rush, a rash of retail theft, often what appear to be mobs of thieves targeting and sometimes taking delivery trucks with packages inside. These chaotic scenes playing out across the country. Drivers left helpless. Oh my God. And even in danger, like this one held at gunpoint in Florida earlier this year. Communities on edge, too. We need these guys. They deliver our stuff and all that, man. So, you know, this got to stop. Amazon, FedEx, and UPS all calling employee safety their top priority. Amazon says incidents like this are rare, while UPS tells us drivers are taught to be aware of their surroundings and to report anything they consider unsafe. So... My question to this, before we get to yours, and try to remember it mm -hmm. as best you can, haven't they always been robbing stuff for a while now? That's what I was going to ask. Is, yeah. Is this really why is that this, much Why is this, this relatively new? Like, Has it just increased? I, it's always been high. 
maybe a yeah. tad bit more, but enough to be like, oh yeah, this this is it's rising currently because of the shopping season. So why is that suddenly getting more attention? I don't know. To me, it feels like they want to drive up prices. Um, and how would that drive up prices? Insurance, right? Um, or to justify prices increasing? Saying, well, no, oh, the, that's the, why we learned that in school. The price of anything stolen offsets. Um, what ends up happening is that in order for the for the companies to make their money back, they have to increase prices elsewhere. No, I know, but is it so then the people aren't before. upset about why prices are increased because it's like, oh, they understand things are getting stolen. But if that's always been the case, then why why does this matter now? Why does it matter now? Right. Well, because it's it's Cause relevant. Because the prices would have already been increasing. It's relevant. They had nothing going on. You know, it's the holidays. Things were kind of nuts. I did see the video that they were showing. Um, but that video isn't at it exactly out of the ordinary. You can find dozens of those videos yeah. of people storming into a Nike store and, and taking boxes upon boxes of shoes or clothes or whatever. They're always stealing. Well, I mean, that's why business, yeah, businesses have been closing for the last one or two years because mm-hmm. it's been really bad. Like they've been pulling out. Right. And they don't pull out as soon as it starts. They pull out after it, like they've lost millions. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's been years or many months of it happening with no solution. So why is that now? What is this uh, San Francisco police monitoring? Yeah. So another aspect of the police monitoring is that they they got approval to do a test run for a year of being able to access private security footage to monitor in real time um, the footage, private security footage, but only in the case if it's a life-threatening event or a criminal act is currently taking place. Okay, I'll play it. Does this have to do with the shopping or is this something? Well, it has to do with the San Francisco Police Department. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted to expand police access to private surveillance cameras. It's a one-year pilot program that will allow officers to monitor live feeds under certain circumstances. A life-threatening emergency, a mass event, or an ongoing criminal investigation. Hmm. So we'll see that opens the door. So if San Francisco is starting that, the pilot program has proven successful, whatever, however they deem that successful. It doesn't matter if it's successful or not. They'll just. Well, now they get access to private cameras. Yeah. And my question, if it's real time, how do they get access to it? Like, how, how can they determine, oh, now I can have access to it if it's happening in real time? How do they know it's life threatening? In real time. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, oh, now I can watch it. You have to watch it leading up to it to realize that it's life-threatening or a criminal act taking place, right? That's yeah, like that's, minutes. That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. So how I do they how do they monitor it? Yeah, I don't... I mean, potentially you're just opening a back door uh, and essentially making people aware of it. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, why not, why not justify a surveillance state in a place that's already experiencing high rates of crime so it and may- giving them the, giving them the, the reasoning that potentially um, a good way to handle this is by just give us your cameras. Exactly. Yeah. And people are fed up with the situation anyways. They want some kind of solution. There hasn't been a solution. You well, know, they're, they're hang on. I mean. Hang on. I don't know if there isn't not a solution. Well, there hasn't been a, a good one. I got one more mall one for you, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. Tonight on one of the busiest shopping days of the year at one of the busiest malls in Los Angeles. Pro-Palestinian protesters marched through the Grove before blocking a major intersection outside. 
and at a mall in New Jersey. I have no idea why they clipped the Palestine one. And I, I then, was going to ask, how is this I have connected? Not been a, I have not been able to figure that portion out yet. So that has nothing to do with the story? No, no it has abs- No, it has absolutely nothing to do with it. Uh, okay. And, I'm, and I, I, I kept that in for a reason. Because yeah. the, it somehow had to do with the mall, I guess, is my interpretation of things. Or... Maybe they're trying to portray the the pro Palestine people as also part of the threat. It's like a two sided. Yeah, it's like there are these people, there story. are these people uh, stealing shit, and then we got the pro Palestinians at the same time also causing disruption for your holiday shopping. I, that that's yeah, just, maybe like this mass that's gathering. The only, they're, yeah, they're trying to tie the two together. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Play it again, sorry. Yeah. Tonight on one of the busiest it's shopping so days of the year at one of the busiest malls in Los Angeles. Pro-Palestinian protesters marched through the grove before blocking a major intersection outside. I still don't, I don't and know what, what the connection is beyond that. That was it. Sorry. So I'll just keep playing. It just it baffles me. At a mall in New Jersey, a bomb scare forcing shoppers to evacuate before getting the all clear. Merry Christmas! This is the holiday shopping season ramps up. Shopping, shopping, shopping. We love shopping. And as police prepare to combat fears of retail crime. Consumers can expect to see an increased presence of high visibility patrols. Law enforcement cracking down after the retail industry reports losing $112 billion last year. In part from these brazen, often violent, smash and grab robberies. They just smashed and grabbed. They pepper sprayed me on my eyes and my mouth. Probably about 75,000 people here today. Stephen Craig, who owns the Citadel Outlet Mall in L.A., says several stores here have been hit by organized theft. What's the impact on the businesses? What's huge? You know, you walk into a coach store, you steal $10,000 worth of bags and run out, and it reduces their profitability. The law enforcement presence is visible all around here. That's on top of 24-7 private security, undercover cops, and high-definition surveillance cameras patrolling the area. So I think it would have been better if we tied to the initial, the one the video we just played prior to mm-hmm. of the safe shopping. Uh, this one. After a series of thefts scared away shoppers and shut down stores, San Francisco launched a safe shopping initiative. Wait, wait, beefing no, up not the one. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that so it's... That was a police monitoring. I'm sorry. This one. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted to expand police access to private surveillance cameras. It's a one-year pilot program that will allow officers to monitor live feeds under certain circumstances, a life-threatening emergency, a mass event, or an ongoing criminal investigation. A potential giant theft of of Nike Jordans coming in, (laughs) potentially. I don't know, man. It's like, I think they're just trying to, to me, it feels like they're just giving you an, an alternative. It's like uh, because in for the, the pr- private security or sure, the private surveillance. Sure, because he gave him this. You know, people get pepper spray in the eyes. The video kept going on about how you know these women had to clutch their purses and clutch their pearls about at the mall. At the mall, yeah. And then the alternative, what's a better idea? Is oh, what if we just have all these security officers nearby? Which you know they probably should anyways. Well, yeah. Um, but why not also surrender your data? Why not also have a live feed of of the general vicinity of you know perhaps your home that's nearby a shopping mall so we can view the potential uh, no exactly robbers, the, right? I mean yes the the reasoning potential sure threats. it makes sense and it's no it, no, it no I mean it can be spun up where it's oh it's increased security for you oh, right sure. it, it's directly benefiting the citizens um 
but it, it is such a thin line of that being taken advantage of right and and then like how because it's a pilot program how is it regulated like how is how is that live footage restricted how can it be used um in court for crimes like i know that there was oh the uh i think it was the california supreme court like a year ago ruled that you can't use footage of somebody like you can't use footage of a witness making a statement at a crime scene as replacement for their actual statement in court and so there's got to be things with like footage and how it's used and especially private footage and then if it's just live then how do you how do you monitor that (laughs) like leading up to something happening yeah you know and then how do you have access to that is it just a constant like you always have access to it or is it that they they only give you access once it's reviewed but then it's not even live so you'd have to have constant access to it right it it, that just that seems iffy well not to fear uh there are um there are certainly ways to handle this scenario okay you've Uh, got them i do have them uh short one it might be a little long it's a little long but uh, we'll, we'll cut it off when once they get to their point. If they do play it. Recently, we showed you how a pioneering North Bay grocery store is using artificial intelligence to catch shoplifters. But that's not the only local tech aimed at stopping nonstop stealing. Yeah, a Bay Area innovation is poised to change the look of stores everywhere. Tonight, consumer investigator Chris Kimura shows us how a new technology solution might simultaneously scare off thieves and welcome back shoppers like you. Because this is still happening lots. Lots of stores now lock up lots of merchandise. You have to ask for someone to open the case just for toothpaste. I said, you're kidding me. That really has to be an indicator of something is wrong here. Veteran loss prevention expert David Johnston studies theft trends for the National Retail Federation. Retailers don't want to lock up the merchandise. They know that it is an inconvenience for the shoppers. These barriers in stores make it tougher to steal and shop. Customer service needed in aisle 18. What's happening today isn't solving the problem. Like a lot of us, David Ashforth wanted to buy an item at a drugstore that was locked up. I had to find someone with a key and it was at that moment really when the light bulb went off. David is no ordinary I, I wish I could have put like a little ching <laughs> like a light bulb. Here in Sebastopol, yeah. he heads a company called Digital Media Vending International. Its machines are everywhere, in places like hotels and airports, stocked with electronics or toiletries that maybe you forgot to pack. So when this vending machine guru went to the store and encountered merchandise that a he's worker... He's a guru, by the way, just letting you know. He's a true, he's a true <laughs> vending machine guru. Look, what kind of fucking ad is this, dude? It's just, it's, yeah, whatever. Typing him up. Yeah. He saw an opportunity to redesign stores. And I thought, huh, my machine could fit like, huh. right here. And then I wouldn't have to find a manager with a key anymore. David's company is inventing new shelving for stores. This one we're just setting up to test. Basically a huge modular vending machine that can replace an entire aisle. In this case, we've got seven modules, which makes it about 26 and a half foot wide. David's team calls this an automated retailer. Merchandise is stocked safely behind glass to stop thieves. At the same time, 
Honest shoppers get self-service access that's faster than waiting for a manager. The machine will deliver their products to them in real time instantly. David showed us how it works. So this robot is specifically designed for wine and champagne bottles. You pay in advance online or at an in-store kiosk. It prints you a receipt or it gives you a pickup code. Punch it in. Then a robot activates. Within 15 seconds or so, it fetches your item and delivers your merchandise. No waiting, no stealing. And yes, because today's most brazen thieves smash and grab, David told me some clients are curious about. <laughs> I bet he was so excited about the little transition. Yeah, he loved that. Smash and grab. <laughs> Customizing machines with essentially bulletproof glass. I asked David what message he's sending would-be thieves. What's the message? I mean, I think, you know, it's over. <laughs> it's over. That's, 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 that's it. That's all I could come up with. <laughs> that's worse than our transitions into selling something. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, what a great excuse to not only to not only get you to just pay with your phone from now on, yeah, uh, everything's electronic everything's, now. Everything will be, you can't pay with cash. Why why even bother? You're going to get mugged. Oh, no. Let me let me get your live surveillance feed. Let me get your let me get access to your phone. Let me be able but to order shit online. But all in the name online. of your personal safety, safety yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't that isn't that how You know what the... really you know what would solve the problem? Huh. Maybe actually putting them in jail for once. No, I, actually actually I having know. a limit on, you know, instead of $900 is the max you could steal, why not instead maybe just Anything you steal is bad. We'll go to jail. Uh, yeah, and why not? Okay, yeah. So why instead of investing per- in vending machines, yes. why don't you invest in increasing jail space or increasing personnel? Not, like, not even that. Just a just a, a no more, to be able to hold them in, Savannah. I know, but also the issue is overcrowding, right? Yeah. So that's why they get released so fast, and that's then so not, there's no that's real not consequence. The only reason, but no, no, no. It's one of the reasons. Yeah, though. but it's not the main one. It, it's, no, it's, I'm not saying it's these, the main one. These people aren't incentivized at all because there's no because there's real, no consequence. There's no real consequence. That's that's the main. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, but not the. Jail. I mean, sure. Anyway, we're in agreement. Is our point? Um, but it just yeah, the real solution to all this could have just been simple simplified by just let's just put him in jail, potentially for their actions. Well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> now we got vending machines. Uh, yeah, we got ve- yeah. Just the whole the, yeah. It was a fun little because it's like why now? I get it's a shopping season. It felt like a good story perhaps, but it was just like why now? Uh, pretty convenient timing and as well we could sell at least a small ad through the I believe this was an ABC or yeah, I think it was an ABC uh, production in San Francisco uh, and again not really a, no one really has no one in those videos really gave the underlying solution that maybe these people should be sentenced no it's a band-aid and, yeah. and it, they're profiting off of it yeah then with these inv- you know investments well maybe yeah uh, anyway well he is the, he uh, is. the many is. machine yeah, not, hero yeah no, the company, the guru. Um, yeah, anyway. So that's that's where I went with that one. Uh, so to you, it's nice to see that. Yeah. Um, you had Muslim freedom on here. What is that about? Well, I, uh, that, that connects with, I don't know if you wanted to talk about Israel at all, but I do have one Israel. thing before that has to do with what we talked about just now. Hmm. Um, so uh, going all the way back to the Safe Shopping Initiative, one of those, the second point was the drones. Um, in the air 14 hours a day for mm-hmm, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, according to CNN, that's actually an issue 
so in terms of like personal use drones and um drones you know that you make can a good used. segue okay Let's, yeah okay so, Very interesting. Uh, dangerous right. drones this is from cnn the showstopper at last thursday's baltimore ravens game was not a play but a drone halting the action at m t bank stadium twice we saw him up there drones that's a first. We saw and the Department there. of Homeland Security Drones. Drones. He fears it won't be the last, warning the threat goes beyond just hobbyists. A range of adversaries are using drones to advance their nefarious purposes. Just last year, the Justice Department said there is a very significant threat of a drone attack on a mass gathering in this country, warning that it is only a matter of time. Like a protest. The FAA bans drones within... What was that? Like a protest. Mm. Three miles of baseball, football, and NASCAR stadiums. The agency says most drone operators are law-abiding, but it only takes one to raise alarm. So there's there's two parties that they're bringing up in that. They're talking about private citizens who just have their drone, recreational drone, that right. they just fly around. Um, and so I think with the baseball game, it was just private football drone, game. or the football game, they, it was just private jo- drones that wanted a better view, right? They want to pay for a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean they probably shouldn't be doing that either. No, no, no. And so they're they're talking about how that could pose harm, especially if the interference cuts out. Um, you know, something happens to the drone; it's a falling object, and also it's you know that basically is illegal, right? Is this the CNN Homeland Security warns about drones clip? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's there was another drone one too. Oh, it was an Israel drone. Yes. So keep yeah. going. I'm sorry. So I mean, drones are very popular nowadays. Drones are very popular. Um, and so my, I mean, and then the last bit of it was the FAA regulations, um, which are nationwide. Uh, you can't fly within three miles of certain areas. So with the San Francisco drones, how does that affect their ability to? fly around right so it's like you have two different so one the drones are beneficial they're going to be used for personal safety but then you have a different story saying actually they're very harmful and you know they could be used for nefarious you know activities so the private citizens and then you have the different group citizens can't have it but well no but also they're talking about the the second party of Mm -hmm. that could be just some a terrorist group basically mm-hmm. is you know was yeah everyone the connection but everyone but the state can there's a war on drones dude yeah yeah but so take away this 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 object now that you can't have but the state can have right that's fun yeah that was interesting okay well i guess we're on a drone kick i got one more i guess we'll transition over to israel okay fly israel. on over to there fly ah uh, uh, there we go nice very nice okay. sorry uh that was, <laughs> man Tonight, we have an exclusive inside look at Israel's use of drone warfare to target Hamas with devastating impacts. Here's Kier Simmons. This is the impact of what locals say was an Israeli drone strike inside a West Bank building where five Palestinians were killed Friday. Among the dead, a man Israel suspected of terrorism, Israeli officials and multiple Palestinian witnesses told us. But also killed, locals said, was a 15-year-old boy and a bystander. NBC News got rare access. Definitely a bigger kind of drone, by the way. This is not. Oh, a, this is not a recreational no, not drone a recreational for watching drone. a football game. But it was it was pretty coincidental that um, these drones were all. Well, that, that's the nefarious uh, activities or things that could take place with a drone, right? They might that's have what bombs. they're they're talking about that being an issue, right. especially with large gatherings. Inside an Israeli drone command center, 
two active duty pilots agreeing to talk to us. They asked to conceal their identities because they are classified. One says a friend is among those kidnapped by Hamas in its terror attacks. War is terrible. It's filled with chaos. And when the other side, Hamas, is using civilians as human shields, it makes our jobs a hundred times worse. The Israel Defense Forces gave us exclusive clips of drone videos where they say pilots chose to call off strikes because of civilians close by. I see children. This is great setup, by the way. This is absolutely going to be great setup because, of course, the the Israeli army gave them these clips, no problem. Yeah. Uh, it, for all we know, this could be a dude in a booth, you know, with a shitty mic, or or at least change the the tonality of their voice to make it sound like they're on a plane. It, I mean, I could be wrong. Right. Oh. But just just listen. Just listen. A voice says over grainy images. We're leaving this target. We're all constantly speaking about the children's at scene and whoever whoever gets into our picture and why we have to abort airstrikes and call off airstrikes. There will be people watching, listening to you, saying, but I'm seeing children killed every day. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so not call off all airstrikes. Like, not all of them, clearly. It, just just, just some of them. Just for this instance. Like, you think they're trying to clear up their, their trying to clean up their little image there? <laughs> we see that as well. Hamas trains. Did you laugh at your own joke there? <laughs> it wasn't a joke. I just see it. I just see the little bar and it went. <laughs> <laughs> all day and night so that we do hit civilians. Sometimes they have the upper hand. Uh when it happens they have the upper hand yeah oh sometimes we hit them but that's because hamas just they they had the upper hand there and they earned it you know yeah what, what were we supposed I just, to do i just i want to play back that video because like the the pilot was clearly saying something just it, it just listen, exclusive just clips of drone videos where they say pilots chose to call off strikes because of civilians close by I see children, a voice says over grainy images. We're leaving this target. That's so dramatic. It's We're so, leaving this it's, target. It's so on the nose of like just exactly what, like script by script. Just there's kids. All right. We're not touching it. All right. Yeah. Cut. We're good. Great. Great. You got the clip. <laughs> Call the day. It's speaking Thanks, about the children's at scene and whoever, whoever gets into our picture and why we have to abort airstrikes and call off airstrikes there will be people watching listening to you saying but i'm seeing children killed every day we see that as well <laughs> hamas trains all day really thinking about he's like answer. ooh, yeah. you got me <laughs> sorry brother at night so that we do hit civilians sometimes they have the upper end when it happens we as idf soldiers take it very hardly Take it very hardly. I don't know. I don't but know. He's speaking English pretty well. No, I'm not questioning his English. No, no, no. I just, yeah. Anyway, uh, there was a part two to that clip. I'm not sure if I want to play it because I don't know if it's relevant. Uh, okay. I'll just play it. Sure. But it's not only Hamas targeted by Israel with these controversial weapons. <laughs> we filmed at the funeral following Friday's drone strike in the West Bank. The strike killed, Israel says, a senior terrorist from another Palestinian militant group. It also enraged the people we saw here. His death by drone made him a hero to these people, a martyr. He died for all of us, one of this crowd told me. Israel says he was responsible for trying to kill Israeli soldiers and civilians and was planning an imminent attack on Israel. During the funeral, a drone flew overhead. 
There's no safe place, this man told us. They just kill with cold blood. Close by, children carrying flags. Then an older man starts to chant, encouraging a crowd around us. We will keep resisting, he shouts. Armed drones are increasingly used around the world, including by the US, with growing scrutiny. See, that's that's where yeah. we should have started. We should have oh, started so there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it would have set us up for the mall drones, man. Well, yeah. These are the main threats of the planet. <laughs> no, but Fucking I mean, the you drones. know, the state can use them against other places, you know, international places, but now we can also use them in the US. Mm-hmm. But citizens can't use them. Um and they're harmful. Your yeah, brother's a terrorist. Now. Except when used by the police for your own safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How easily is it to have a drone hacked? Also, is my question. I, don't know. Uh, I was reading, uh, there was something I read earlier of like what they can do is, yeah, there should be like a signal that can be portrayed and then they'll essentially redirect them out of like an airport. Yeah. Like a restricted airspace. But outside of that, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but they definitely want, I mean, I think, I think these drones are kind of a nuisance. There's oh, yeah. plenty of videos you see of people just filming over someone's lawn or whatever. But well, also, it also catches people like, uh, what was that famous? Uh, what was that story of of the of the husband that killed his wife in the woods, and then there was like drone footage. Some some dickhead was filming oh, over yeah. their lawn, and there's like, oh, there might be a body there, dude. Yeah, that's, uh, that's no, they weird. caught him. I think it was he moving the body, or he had just well, done it or something. I, I don't. There's I, I don't remember that portion of it. Yeah, uh, I I don't. I actually never knew whatever happened to that story. But the point is that someone flew a drone over their yard and it's like, know. oh, that might have been a body. You can't get away with any crimes no, nowadays. You can't. No, of course not. Such a shame. It's a, yeah, a terrible shame. <laughs> terrible Shanna. shame. You All can't right. go in the woods anymore. Murder your wife without oh. getting seen. Anyway, <laughs> damn, damn. How are you supposed to get rid of them then? Yeah. Ugh. Possum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, we got a little bit. Of, I guess we might as well. Yeah, go for it. Well, I just had uh, so uh, you're still on these drone stuff. No, 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 just the last clip that you played. So that was a, a community. Was that an Israeli community or a Palestinian, that was Palestinian. community? Well, no, they're obviously getting bombed. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And then they were resisting that. That was their message. They wanted. Mm. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, um, so clear that up. I do have. Hmm, how do I want to start this? I guess we'll go with Iran. And do you have anything else you want to? There's some. There's some random ones here. I see. Um, I just have, uh, uh, let's just, can I give my opinion first about this? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Maybe we'll just do the, we're at 38 currently. Uh, we're doing good on time. I argue we should probably talk about the Iran stuff that's going on. Sure. And potentially a bit of foreshadowing into the future. Ooh, that's fun. Okay. And I think we'll leave it at that. Is that all right? Is there something else you want to hit currently that's smaller? I do see two clips that you haven't touched yet. Uh, just the just one, but it has to do with the protest. I don't know if you want to do that last. Which one is that? You want to do it now? I don't see it. Susan Sarandon. I don't have that. You don't have that. I have Muslim freedom. Oh, Muslim freedom, freedom in the U.S. That's okay. that one. Okay. Um. Okay. Why don't we start with Iran and then we'll go to Muslim freedom and then we'll include it to with with what I'm doing. Okay, great plan. Okay, sounds good. And break. Uh, let's see. So we got um, with the current situation as all these hostages are being freed. That doesn't stop anyone, uh, anyone in particular um, to potentially uh, still advertise that the main threat is still Iran. Um, They're trying. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
They're they're still trying to pull Iran into this. this? Yes, of, well, of course they are, dude. There's, I mean, Iran's not biting per se. Yeah. But uh, we do get the constants, and this is what I was going to talk about last week. Oh, I do have the drone warfare. Okay, so yeah, I guess we'll just we'll start with uh, the Ring of Fire. This is the Iranian. This is John Ring Bolton, of- by the way. This is the guy I've been griping about for a little bit. Uh, he is he is a mustache uh, looking freak from from the U.S. Um, but he worked with the Trump administration. I think he was just a, a an advisor for defense or military. But okay. he's a huge warmonger, just a guy that loves just always saying we got to go to war. Um, he's a John McCain at types where he's he's willing to fund any kind of war so long as it doesn't matter as long as we're in war. As long as we're in war. Same okay. with uh, Lindsey Graham, whatnot. So uh, the Ring of Fire. This might be a little bit dampened by the audio, but I'll try to jack it up just a bit. But um, yeah, he's still pushing. And uh, it, it it comes at a price uh, currently with what we're seeing uh, with the recent hostage issues. This is the Iranian ring of fire strategy playing out. We've now seen almost way, seven. Apolo- full uh, apologies. That was a terrible transition, but that was, that was the best I could do at the moment. So <laughs> let's just we'll just continue on with it as if nothing happened. Yeah, just ignore it. This is the Iranian ring of fire strategy playing out. We've now seen almost seven full weeks of Hezbollah. Uh, attacking targets in northern Israel. Uh, this this is all part of a, of a larger effort. We don't know the exact dimensions of it, but the conflict is real, and it's not a Hamas versus Israel war. Uh, it's a war against one of America's closest allies, coordinated by one of our most, uh, uh, one of our worst enemies. One of our worst enemies, indeed. Your final thoughts? Well, my final thoughts are, uh, yeah, this is pretty, this is pretty typical. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it got a little annoying because somehow John Bolton has mixed himself into this idea that he's also a major target uh, into this whole shebang of, of Iran. So uh, and it's a bit of leading the witness and I'll see if you can hear it, Savannah. So maybe okay. uh, go for it. Sorry, just is Iran really one of our biggest enemies? We've always said that it's like Russia, China. It's the, that's the big China three. probably is our biggest competitor. That's what I thought. China's probably our biggest competitor. And then Russia for global dominance. But. Uh, Russia's kind of in the in the side, you know, territory. Just got a lot of resources and whatnot, uh-huh. but not exactly like a like a stellar threat to to world democracy. Y- yeah, I mean, um, what is what they're is busy doing their own threat? thing? Because mm, they differ. Um, they're the ones that kicked out the. Uh, see, we should watch Argo, even though that's pretty pretty full shit. Argo. Too. Yeah, but okay. it's it's a lot of. Um, you know, we should do that. We should probably watch. We should probably do a little history lesson on what happened. In would Iran. that answer my question? Yes, then? it would. Okay. A lot cool. of a lot of CIA embedment in, in embedded into the at what looks like or felt like a democratically run uh, state, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, not to be the case. And this was in the seventies, seventies, I believe. Anyway. Okay. We'll we'll maybe yeah we'll maybe we can do a little history lesson on that next time so that we have yeah familiarity. And there were also, I believe. Um, they're more Soviet affiliated. Oh, okay. Uh, hence the ties. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyway, see if you can find leading the witness. That should be a game show. Um, <laughs> and John Bolton himself has a major target in all this, and a bit of uh, pompousness from himself. Um, so here we go. This is sixty minutes, by the way. Tensions keep rising between the U.S. and Iran since the Israel-Hamas war began. Almost every week, Iranian-backed militias have attacked U.S. bases in Syria and Iraq. It's the latest example and a serious escalation 
of Tehran's use of proxy fighters like Hezbollah and Hamas. Tonight, you'll hear of another type of proxy that Iran deploys that receives far less attention. Tehran is hiring hitmen around the world in an effort to intimidate, abduct, and assassinate perceived enemies of the regime. And they're doing it right here on U.S. soil. This video was posted online by a channel affiliated with Iran's Revolutionary Guard. It vows to kill former American government officials, including President Trump, to avenge the 2020 U.S. assassination of the terrorism mastermind Qasem Soleimani. Threats like this have been deemed credible enough that several of these officials have been under round-the-clock protection, including former Defense Secretary Mark Esper, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Iran reportedly offered a hitman a million dollars to kill him, and John Bolton, the former National Security Advisor. They bargained the price for me would be $300,000, which I have to say I found insulting. <laughs> so what exactly? Personally, I think that I'm way more valuable this than is that. Bullshit. <laughs> I think this it should have been true. higher. I should be paid more. <laughs> no, I should be worth I'm, worth I'm worth more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly was the plot. He's not taking this seriously, by the way. No, not at all. No, it's like, what, what is the threat about this? I is found my point. that, that yeah. number to be insulting. Yeah. Against you. The Revolutionary Guard sought to procure either my kidnapping or my assassination, uh, not directly by a Revolutionary Guard's member, but by seeking a hitman who would carry out the job uh, either in the U.S. or abroad. Oh, okay. So, uh, so. They've Sorry. They, uh, they go back just a bit to explain. Um, th they go through a number of other people. So it was John Bolden, Mike Pompeo. But what they didn't mention or I cut out of the video was a lot of uh, Iranian activists as well that left the country. Who are also targets? Who are also targets, right? Okay. Um, the funnier part about it is that some of them live in the U.S. And so they were mentioning concepts of like uh, smuggling them back to Iran. And it just, I find. I, well, to probably hold them against trial uh or, or yeah but if they're hiring hitmen why wouldn't they just well kill it varies them? some of them yeah right so the story is a bit inconsistent because some people they landed they're gonna fly to dubai and then they ended up being routed over to iran it's like the whole fucking plane the whole plane just routed over to, to tehran one... for this one guy yeah or, that it, they're probably just gonna kill anyway so why not just... right or serve a life sentence it's like he's dead anyways it doesn't matter yeah so it, i don't know it seems the, like too much effort it was yeah it, it definitely feels that way but there is still a point to all this right um so here we go seeking a hitman who would carry out quite the job, a minute uh, either in the u.s or abroad they've succeeded in europe they haven't succeeded in the united states even though we know there are targets. Right. So many American officials and others are being targeted. Why is it not a bigger issue? Look, I think the targeting of American citizens by a hostile foreign government uh, is very close to an act of war. What would happen if they succeeded in assassinating someone like you, a well-known former official? Well, I wouldn't like to find out. Uh, well, he wouldn't because he'd be dead. Right. So there, he wouldn't myself. find out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else would, but... Yeah. The world would mourn him. 
Yeah, he'd like to think. He'd like to think, right? For yeah. the price of three hundred thousand dollars. What a what a jackass. <laughs> or for the country, but why are we sitting here quietly talking about this? when they're in effect uh, saying they're going to commit acts of war against American citizens on American soil. Does but, the fact that Iran... But they haven't yet. This. No. That's what she's saying. It, ha- it hasn't happened on U.S. soil yet. Right. Anyway. And why is it not... There, why isn't there more noise? But, like, what is this through? What, what was this What was this uh, shown it's on? 60 Minutes, I told you. Okay, so they're not making quiet noise about it. No, no, they've always They're doing a big story about it. about it. Yeah, correct. Okay, so see if you can hear the question okay. and see if it's leading it, leading the witness. Mm-hmm. When they're in effect uh, saying they're going to commit acts of war against Americans, and maybe I'm wrong. You could definitely tell me so- if I am. So just well, I'll, I'll listen. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're sitting here quietly talking about this when they're in effect uh, saying they're going to commit acts of war against American citizens on American soil. Does the fact that Iran it feels emboldened to come after our citizens. Does that mean we've lost our deterrence? Well, I think we have lost deterrence. And I think this also goes to an unwillingness on the part of the administration to confront the Ayatollahs in a way that they understand. They can challenge U.S. government on U.S. soil without any punishment. Then what's the reason to stop? Uh, No, not so much. I mean, it is prepping him. It is. It I is mean, prepping him to to explain like what what the real consequence should be. Of course, yeah, she's yeah. trying to get to that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the whole point of the interview, right? Mm-hmm. Is they're just trying to call out like it's, it's just a, it's a hit piece against Iran. If we're and the U.S. in a way, because uh, the U.S. hasn't do, done anything to about do it. More sure, and then yeah. here's that lady from Iran that that is explaining that we need to do more. Okay. Sanctions against them. Sanction is not sufficient. Sanction what is not helping. What do you want helping. us to do? Drop a bomb? No. Look. Look. When you negotiate with the killers, you're empowering them. She didn't answer the like the. I don't know what she wanted from that answer though. So the so. I'll play it again. Okay. Sanction what is. Not, you, they can challenge U.S. government on U.S. soil without any punishment. Them, what's the reason to well, there stop? Are sanctions against them. Sanction is not sufficient. Sanction what is do you not sufficient. Sanctions to... don't work. Well, okay, because have there already been sanctions in yes, place? Yes, we've already done And it. clearly, yeah, they yeah, haven't okay. worked. So, yeah. Okay, here we go. Do drop a bomb. That's your question. No. Look, when you negotiate with the killers, you're empowering them. The Biden So is she saying she just she don't answer. do anything and ignore it? No, I, like, I don't, don't think she's saying that either. Don't but interact? She's not, no, but she's not acknowledging that she wants a, a bomb dropped. Well, she, how did she imply that she wants a bomb dropped? Well, she didn't. She said but, no. But the, but like there was no, but it's not like she doesn't want anything to happen. Well, no. It's right? Not, she's clearly flustered about that. I know, but I, I just don't think, I think she just doesn't have a solution, uh, uh, an option. Mm, right? I, she doesn't have it, but what's being proposed, oh, those won't I work. I don't think it's in her convenience to, to respond in a in a violent fashion. Well, no, of course not. I mean, she's she's one, well, but maybe that is her intent, though, but she's not going to. But she doesn't want to say she, it. But she doesn't want to jeopardize the image of what she is. She doesn't want to come activist. from her. Right. But she wants but them she to wants, think about it. Right. Uh, just hear it. Sanction is not the way that they oh, understand. Sorry. Too far back. They can challenge U.S. government on U.S. soil. Like she's without... weighing out the options that have already been done. Okay, so she's saying that. Okay, but she's not I willing to acknowledge the... to drop a bomb over them. So I could see that she would want to get at like, there's no solution. Just get rid of them completely. Mm-hmm. Any punishment? 
Then what's the reason to well, stop? Well, there are sanctions against them. Sanction is not sufficient. Sanction what is not helping. What do you want helping. us to do? Drop a bomb? No. Look. Look. When you negotiate with the killers, you're empowering them. So she doesn't even want to agree to negotiation. No. So, yeah, absolutely no interaction. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds so like... So it's either do nothing, which is... It could, or completely get rid of the, the problem. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean... Anyway. Anyway, John Bolton's been getting on my nerves. I haven't seen him too often. Well, he sounds like he thinks very highly of himself. Yeah, and he's he's selling weapons. It's of great. course. It's great. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why he's for a war, right? Yeah, it's definitely. Profit. Um, okay, so we moved on. I got John Bolton out of the way. I got Israeli drones. Uh, you got the Homeland Security portion of things. Mm -hmm. So that ties into, I guess we'll start with yours, the Muslim Yeah, so I mean, freedom. this is just with the protests. There's been a lot of celebrities who have been um, canceled. To be, to be clear, I just want to linger on with this Iran thing because it's, it's still looming. Like in everywhere you read, it's like yeah, the Houthis are still somehow in stealing ships, which we can talk about in a second. Um, oh, yeah, there was. Yep, yep. But that's also Iranian back. So it's like they're always still alluding and waiting for this idea that Iran's going to come in and, and. Well, wasn't that Iranian back ship or the they took over the ship is because they thought it was an Israeli ship. OK, let's. OK, I saved this clip. Let's oh, see if you like it. Uh, I got I got Reuters and NBC, NBC saying the same story about the same ship. OK, but they missed a key factor in, in one of them. Houthi rebels this is Reuters, from Yemen by the way. were seen storming a cargo ship in the Red Sea in a video released by the Iran-backed group on Monday. Its fighters appeared to land by helicopter onto the top deck. They brandished weapons at the ship's crew and ordered them to lie down. The seized ship, the Galaxy Leader, is now in Yemen's Hodeidah port area, according to its owner, Galaxy Maritime, which is registered in the Isle of Man. The Houthi movement claims the galaxy leader has links to Israel. However, Israel has denied this and says the seized ship was British owned and Japanese operated. The owner confirmed the ship was illegally boarded on Sunday. Its crew of 25 is made up of nationals from Bulgaria, Ukraine, the Philippines and other countries. They weren't even close. Not, not a single Israeli. The, yeah. Why did they think it was an Israeli ship? I don't know because it was in Yemen. It seems like it sounds like pirates if I'm being honest with you. No, it does Yeah, it sounds like pirates, but okay. given the spun up of, of The Yemenis trying to attack the Israelis, but NBC sort of makes it up a little bit So we'll, we'll finish the All Reuters one first and then we'll get into NBC. Okay. Patients have since been cut with a vessel mm, This is the part that I had to cut out. Uh, it's gonna kick in a minute. Yemen's Houthis releasing this dramatic video showing the heavily armed rebel group hijacking an Israeli-linked ship in the Red Sea and taking 25 crew members hostage. The Houthis edited the video and blurred faces. The incident raising concerns about an escalating regional battle as Israel and Hamas fight. Another group more than a thousand miles to the southeast getting involved. That's an official from Japan, which operated the ship, traveling under a Bahamian flag. They're calling for an early release of those hostages. The Israeli government saying there were no Israelis on board. A Houthi spokesperson putting out a statement saying Israelis only know the language of force, adding this is the beginning. But it's the result of years of conflict between groups backed by the West and by Iran. Okay, so 
the not not once did they mention that this was a British owned ship. No, not once. But did, they uh-huh. didn't they mention Japanese? Yeah, operated? they did, but the, no, but operated, not owned. Well, no. And the the premise was that these are Israeli owned ships. Yeah, and it's under a, bah- a bohemian or bah- bohemian flag. Yeah, sure. I, that, I don't know. I don't know if that's relevant. Per well, se, cause it would I be mean, an Israeli flag if it's an issue. No, no, no. I know. I just why? What told him it was an Israeli ship? Right. Why would they think it's an Israeli ship? No, I, I don't. And, and even, but you think that NBC would clarify this portion of things, right? It's not an Israeli owned ship. I actually think they said an Israeli ship too at the beginning. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay, you might have missed that. Maybe I'm wrong too. Potentially. I'm never wrong. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Yemen's Houthis releasing this dramatic video showing the heavily armed rebel group hijacking an Israeli linked yeah, ship. Yeah, Israeli linked yeah. ship. Taking yeah. 25 crew members Interesting. Hostage. Yeah. yeah. They didn't clarify. Why would they say that? Why not? <laughs> because they're trying, yeah, they're trying to connect. Mm-hmm. It's another an attack from Iran, yeah, right? Sure. Interesting. They're calling for an early release of those hostages. Thank God I was right. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, where, that's a kind of a stretch. Why would they admit that? No, no, no. But they said Israeli later government. that there's no connection to Israel. Right. But so that's, why would they say it's Israeli linked? Right. Yeah, they never clarified. Either it was bad reporting or or it's very uh, which could it be could be possible, but it's also they're there's a clear plan to just try to stir up this. It's well, they they actually, they didn't say that there was no connection to Israel. They just said there was no Israelis on board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're maintaining that it, it is an Israeli ship yeah. or there's some connection to Israel there. Yeah. Interesting. So. Saying there, okay. There were no okay. Israel- okay. Israelis on board. You always sound like you're going to say something else. Did you have someone else? You need, no, you I was say? just this. So this was MSNBC. This is NBC. NBC. Mm-hmm. Okay under a Bahamian flag. They're calling for an early release of those hostages. The Israeli government saying there were no Israelis on board. A Houthi spokesperson putting out a statement. They also could have clarified that it's, they also could have stated it's not their ship. No, I know. That, that's what I'm owned. saying. Yeah, they just saying. said there's no one on board, yeah. which that is true. But they you also know. could say that's not an Israeli but ship. That's not, they didn't give all the information. Or they just Israel. didn't mention it in the reporting. Right. The Israelis the, might, yeah, they didn't the Israelis give might the have said story. that. The Israelis might have said that, but that's not what NBC showed. Well, because not in the, the Reuters clip, didn't Israel say it's not their ship? Yeah. Yeah. So th- that And they is... also went out and clarified that it's a British-owned vessel. No, I know. So yeah. they, they're purposely trying to frame it as mm-hmm. an attack. Israelis only know the language of force, adding, this is the beginning, but it's the result of years of conflict between groups backed by the West and by Iran. In yeah, the- yeah no, they're, that's, they're trying to tie that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that's fun. Anyway, uh, okay. Well, we got some boats out of the way. Yeah. There was definitely more ships that were being attacked as well. Yeah. Um, some of which were Iranian drones. But then, uh, like, why not? Is that why is that not a bigger issue? Why did I not see that on MSNBC or NBC or well, yeah, other M five then so then news sources. So then that kind of leads to the question: Are there other attacks? I mean, yes, there have been Iranian-backed attacks, but have they been like framed as being connected to Iran? But really, it's not. Or you know, attacks against Israeli places or U.S. places or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. It's not sure. the full story. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, it's per- perfectly possible. So, um, to wrap up this this sort of debacle with uh, Israel and the and the cargo ships and whatnot. Plus you also have to factor in that a lot of these a lot of these vessels that are getting apprehended, 
Mm-hmm. They're probably pirate, more pirates than than not. I mean, that happens anyway. That happens consistently. That's a huge problem for cargo ships. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, now they've just released hostages. We haven't exactly had a whole lot of time to clip them and maybe find something that's unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at least we'll just give you the rundown. Uh, of potentially well i guess i'll start with this actually maybe we'll just do a a, an election cycle that's coming up first and then i'll go into the into the other portion of it before you can i go pee really fast and then you just clip that out but then we'll go right into the house tonight leaning into what is considered one of biden's biggest political liabilities his age Right now, he is showing poorly in the polls, particularly among younger voters. They backed him in 2020 by about 20 points. Polls now show that support collapsing. A new one from NBC shows the former president, the former president, Donald Trump, leading President Biden 46 to 42 percent among 18 to 34 year olds. What's more, 70 percent of young voters disapprove of Biden's handling of the Israel-Hamas war. The White House press secretary was asked about that disapproval today by our MJ Lee. This is what she said. I'm sorry. I'm crickets. Sure. Yeah, crickets. <laughs> Unable to. Um. Midterms are done. Finals just ahead. There is a rhythm to life on <laughs> campus. And this oh, fall, they're talking about a school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you think? I was like, this sounds like they're talking about school. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. Maya Siegman is a sophomore at Wayne State in Michigan, studying social work, chatting with friends here at the Jewish campus organization, Hillel. Hillel, there's a police officer down the hall. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. It is now. Siegman traveled to Washington last week to join thousands in support of Israel. Now, back on a campus divided. The division is very clear. The tension on campus is very high. Wayne State spans 200 acres in downtown Detroit. Ibrahim Ghazal among the 24,000 students. I'm Muslim, I'm American, I'm Palestinian. Ghazal calls anti-Semitism horrible and disgusting. Do you feel the flip side of it? Or is, are there In more... terms of Islamophobia? Yeah, is more Islamophobia, yeah, course, people just saying hurtful things? I, I think it's, I think it's uh, um, disgusting that standing up for children dying and women dying and, and civilian infrastructure being destroyed is being compared to supporting Hamas. I mean, holding up a Palestinian flag does not support Hamas. Hamas has their own flag. Nobody's carrying their flag. This coffee shop is in Dearborn, where about half of the residents are of Arab ancestry. Ghazal and his friends say a president they supported in 2020 is now greenlighting an Israeli response they see as indiscriminate. And I don't think our country should fund that type of reaction. Do you feel this way? To an extent, yes. I feel as though President Biden doesn't value my life as a Muslim American um, as much as he values other lives. Young voters were a giant part of the Biden 2020 coalition, and this urban campus tilts deep blue. If it's Biden-Trump next November, you would? I'd go Biden. Summer Matkin is just 18 a theater major, an esports enthusiast, Here, I got you. and an LGBTQ voter who wishes President Biden would yield to someone younger. I think that weird generational gap is something that is very, very hard for young people. So when there's certain things that we want to be heard as young people, you know, with not only, you know, con- the conflict out with Israeli and Palestine people, but we also have like student loan forgiveness and all of these different financial problems that aren't being handled when they are very much capable of being handled. 
Matkin isn't ruling out voting third party, but... Feels like a weird kind of throwaway vote. Joseph Fisher used to think that way, but right now he favors a socialist party. In 2020, <laughs> Fisher course. was just set... Yeah, dibs out. Of course, we gotta, gotta bring up socialists. Yeah, we gotta bring up Marxists into this, too. Yeah, we are on a college campus after all. That is so. fair. 17, but he helped the ACLU register voters back home in Georgia. So you helped Joe Biden get elected? I did, yes. What about 2024? I will not vote for Joe Biden, not this time. This is Ann Arbor, the University of Michigan. Students writing the names of Palestinians killed in Gaza. One of our demands that we're pressuring admin for right now is complete divestment from the state of Israel. You say genocide. Yes, uh, I do say. The Prime Minister of Israel or the President of the United States would say response to terrorism. Absolutely. It's, un it's absolutely essential that we call it for what it is, a genocide, and also say that it doesn't start on October 7th. It started in 1948 with the creation of the colonial state of Israel. Some Jewish students say talk like that, beliefs like that, are stoking an alarming rise in anti-Semitism. I wish it wasn't like this, but this is what we live right now. 50,000 students here in Ann Arbor, and interest in the college Democrats okay. is up. We've had 50, 40, 30 consistently yeah. for meetings. And in the past, it has been closer to maybe 10, 15, 20. Seniors and co-presidents of the College Democrats, Anushka Jalasatki and Jade Gray, helped generate big turnout here in 2020 and again in 2022. They have weekly meetings now to plan 2024. Should we have somebody younger? Does that come up much? Absolutely, it comes up. And I think that that's a, you know, it's a real point to make. It's a real conversation to be had. The immediate what about, challenge, though, is seeing students who agree on when he was originally up for election. No, no one talked about that. No. Yeah, no one no one bothered mentioning they that he was completely, 80, 82 at the time. I know, they completely, ah, yeah. oh, that doesn't 80. matter. He's still, you know, he still be good. He's still better than, young than at, Mr. Trump. young at heart. Yeah, right. He's, yeah. A, he's a spry man. Oh, but now it's an issue. Right. Ah. On things like abortion rights. And yeah, it, it, he's still into his his term. It's not like he's on a second term. It's, it's only been three years. Yeah, like he weighs eighty five now. Right. Like <laughs> democracy at odds over the Israel Hamas crisis and President Biden's response. You know, Mr. President, I've seen you take key humanitarian steps, but I think the next step is a ceasefire. And I, I think that that would go a long way with voters. We don't know what's going to happen you know, next week or next month. But at the, if the election were tomorrow, do you think that it is more likely some of your members would sit out or look for another option, third party, because they're mad at the president about this? <laughs> some of they're them, upset. yes, they have shared with us that maybe this is making me reconsider. Is it fair to say you're glad the election's not tomorrow? Yes. So I actually really enjoyed this, this video because mm -hmm. it was a very broad range of people whether you agree with them or not, but they're all pretty, and this is all the college youth, right? This is our age, our group of people, essentially. Yeah. That are all fairly, that are all closer to the same boat of, of this isn't working, and this is mm -hmm. not functional, and it's a giant segment of, of the voting block, right? Uh, I don't know. Part of me got a little skeptical when within, this was five, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Sorry, not five, a couple weeks ago. This poll was coming out when pretty much all of London, most of Europe was in protest. Most of the United States was in protest. When it started up. Sure. They still are. And they still are currently. Yeah. Uh, and part of me gets to the point of like, we got to release these hostages currently. And and maybe that's a, that's a forcefulness of the Biden administration mm -hmm. uh, having to defend themselves um, in terms of they haven't really done much. They don't want to necessarily do a ceasefire. They have not agreed to that in a while. 
nor do they. Well, they have the four day ceasefire. So now, and so now it just comes to fruition that we get uh, a ceasefire and a hostage crisis situation, right? Both sides seem to win it. Mm -hmm. No one's getting bombed at the moment, right? That threatened to collapse the ceasefire, more hostages emerging from Gaza. 13 Israelis, eight children and teenagers, and five And also the very, the feel-good story of releasing all these hostages, right? So everyone's in better spirits, at least. Well, yeah. Read from Hamas captivity. In return, Israel releasing 39 more Palestinians from its prisons, six women and 33 teenagers. Another four hostages, workers from Thailand, also released. Among those freed, nine-year-old Emily Hand. Her family at first told she was killed, only to later learn she was alive and a hostage. Also, three-year-old Yehail. We met her grandfather, Gilad, this week. If you could speak to your family now, what would you tell them? I promise that I'd do anything to release them. But just hours earlier, Hamas slamming the brakes and delaying the release, accusing Israel of blocking all aid trucks from reaching devastated areas of northern Gaza and of not sticking to a commitment to release the longest-serving Palestinian prisoners first. Israel's military insisting they did not breach the deal. The Hamas announcement came just as families were gathering in Tel Aviv to mark 50 days since their loved ones were taken. People here were hoping that by now there would be more hostages coming out of Gaza. Instead, there is fear and confusion spreading through this crowd. But finally, negotiators from Qatar announcing they'd salvage the agreement with help from Egypt and the U.S. Raising hopes there will be more scenes like this from last night. Hostages reunited with their families. This was the moment nine-year-old Ohad ran into his father's arms, a hug 49 days in the making. And then... FaceTime and ice cream with friends. A comforting end to a day that began in the captivity of masked Hamas gunmen. And a long journey home. First, Red Cross jeeps out of Gaza, ambulances through Egypt, and then Israeli military helicopters. Ohad solving Rubik's cubes on board as his mother, also released, looks on. Here, two-year-old Aviv and four-year-old Raz are back in the arms of their father. Yeah, anyway, okay. I think you get the point. It, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, it's a feel-good story. Everyone's back in. It, people are getting aid. Is is another one. It's a big one. Uh, lots of fuel and and food are coming in to actually keep those hospitals running. If that's truly the case, which I believe that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It just part of me gets on that mindset of like perhaps perhaps they had to uh, Biden had to force his way into making Netanyahu. Uh, uh, settle on getting some of these Palestinian prisoners up in exchange and, and really relenting in some way or form, good or bad. That's not really the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he was getting worried. I mean, there's plenty of videos that you saw of genocide, Joe. You get to see. Uh, you think that got to him? I, I think he realized it might affect polling. <laughs> yeah. It might affect voting blocks. Yeah. And, and, and specifically, and hence, hence that CNN clip, uh, specifically in swing states, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. And they're, they're too close to an election right now. Correct. So, that's there's nothing to base it off of. That was just purely... I just thought of that recently. It seemed like fun. Um, so, that's what I got. Yeah. Did, did you have something to mention? Um, well, I mean, there was a bunch of points made in that previous clip about the college campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to... I had... My clip kind of relates to um, the interview with the, the first guy, uh, the Palestinian where he is saying that, you know, by raising the Palestinian flag, you're not holding up the Hamas flag. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so there's been a lot of celebrities who have made a stance on their Oh, fun. On this, uh, I love this. Okay, you know, this pro-Palestinian. Yep. And so one of those is Susan Sarandon, uh, okay. an actress. Um, and this is uh, Fox News's opinion of her, her rant, as they put it. Award-winning actress Susan Sarandon was just dumped by her Hollywood agents over these comments. There are a lot of people that are afraid, afraid of being Jewish at this time and are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a Muslim in this country, so often uh, subjected to violence. It's important to listen, it's important to have facts, try to take a breath before you answer, and if it's possible, have a conversation. We need a ceasefire now. Hmm. Okay. Author well, no, and then there's a little. They're keep it going. We're gonna summarize their opinion. Of woke army and senior fellow for the Independent Women's Network, and she joins me now. Asra, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. We've had you on before, and you have such clarity on a wide range of issues. But this one hits close to home for you because you are Muslim living in America, and you just heard living Susan Sarandon there. She clearly doesn't think this country treats Muslims fairly. So, what is your message to her? So my message to her is I am a Muslim living in America and I know more freedoms living in the United States of America than I would any Muslim country in the world. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's America, brother. <laughs> so, well, okay. So there's two parts of why I wanted to bring up this clip. Okay. First of all, Fox's news or Fox news, Fox's, Fox's news. news. <laughs> uh, the news source for Fox is everywhere. Um, Fox news is, stance towards this is that they and then to bring in a muslim um like representative saying no the u.s is good like what she's saying is completely unjustified there are no there is no muslim hate or anything in the u.s right so what was your opinion on susan sarandon's little speech there I don't, what do you think she's trying to get across i don't know it didn't make sense to me it didn't make sense no I was. She sounded like she was ranting. I, we could play it back again. Do you want me to do that? I'm sure. Okay. Might have to skip through the intro. Award-winning actress Susan Sarandon was just dumped by her Hollywood agents over these comments. There are a lot of people that are afraid, afraid of being Jewish at this time and are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a Muslim in this country, so often uh, subjected to violence. It's important to so listen. pause it. It's important okay. to yeah, you gotta walk so she's at this. okay, yeah. Me. So that first was what she's just this talking about. So what she's talking about, she's at a pro-Palestinian uh, protest, right? So Palestine is um, Arabic, which is mostly Muslim, correct? That's where you say yes. Yes. Okay. So these are mostly Muslim Arabic people there, right? Mm -hmm. So she's saying, and then the other side, the Israeli side, is mainly Jewish. Right. So she's saying how I inter am interpreting it is just it's not comparison. It's it's making it related. So saying now the Jewish population is understanding what it feels like to be Muslim in the U.S. Right. It's now maybe empathy can exist. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe there's something to relate to each sure. other over. OK. Right. Yeah, so it's sense. and then the second part is that maybe can then open the line for a conversation mm -hmm. instead of picking yeah. one side Take or a the deep other. Breath. Yeah, and just 
you know, don't come at it with emotions, but come at it with we are on the same page. Yeah. Or we're on the same ground in terms of being in the U.S. with all of this hate going around, right? That's already been existing prior to this for different groups. And then now it's just refocusing to a different group. And then we get Fox News. And then exactly. And I feel like they completely like didn't even acknowledge that it's not. She's not making a stance. Oh, yeah. It's America for, you know, oh, Palestine is and also i don't understand how all of these criticisms against the pro-palestine protests it's not like the guy said in the the campus interview it's not pro hamas no but they they're they're some of the some of the backings of these of these no they're not pro hamas but at least it feels like with some of the protesters we're over time by the way i think i want to wrap this up but uh but I think some of these protests are are more of a Marxist push in any case because you see a lot of socialist movements under these Palestinian flags. Uh huh. Um, that I don't know if anyone's actually quite upset that it's Hamas. No one's no one's getting their their bell rung because of the Hamas Palestinian situation, per se. Uh, uh, more so than a uh, than a than a Jewish. You know, I don't know how to summarize this, but. This is, yeah, this is a little hard to say. Um, what was your question? Well, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't understand the the backlash against it. That seemed like a pretty reasonable speech yeah. is that there's, there's common ground and this is instead of separating and having one side against the other, you, you open the grounds for a conversation and to go at the real issue, which is where the hate is coming, you know, the, all this, yeah, I mean, you know, is coming from you know, instead of why are we different? It it might just be just because it's Fox News. No, I, I know that they want to stir the pot. Sure. But and then they bring, <laughs> you know, oh, I, I have more freedom. But that, it wasn't over freedom. Muslim freedom. That wasn't the question. It was over hatred. Yeah. Right. Anyways, that was interesting. She got canceled. <laughs> she, I don't know if she got canceled. She got, Senna, but she got dumped by her, uh, her she, agency. Yeah, sure. Were the words of Fox. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think that'll conclude it. I do have a funny clip to end. I feel like you have something else to say. Or no, is that, I just okay, for the... Okay, um, you took a deep breath. Well, give me a second. Let me show this last clip. Okay. Okay, and then we'll do our, our goodbyes, okay? All right. Okay, thank you. Here we go. I got a little fun one for you I found. Uh, I did send this to you a while ago. And of course, it takes forever to load. All the girls are using electronic vibrators with lost off batteries. Why do they not help the planet by using their fist or wooden dildo? Please help the planet and stop using useless batteries. Finger yourself or ask your friends to do it. Ask your friends to do it. <laughs> Save the planet. That was a fun one. That's a fun Greta Thunberg AI clip. Is that, that that's really, that's Greta Thunberg? Yeah, but it's AI, dude. It's, oh not my saying gosh. That shit. Are you out I was your like, mind? wow, she's no. taking a different stance to climate no, no, change. No, 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 Planet, save anyway. the planet. Sorry, that was, that came in real fast too. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, on to end on, I'm trying to end on a humorous note. Um, if you are interested in the podcast and would like to support us, we do any, we're currently working with any podcasting 2.0, modern podcasting apps. Uh, if you go to modernpodcastapps.com, I believe, um, <laughs> you should be able to find a list of different podcast. Well, podcasting 2.0. Podcasting 2.0. Uh, you should be able to find a list of different apps, uh, such as Podverse, Podcast Fount- or, uh, Fountain, Fountain. 
uh, podcast guru. They all do the same sort of uh, understanding of, of uh, boostograms. So you send us a tenth of a penny. It's nothing to us. That's one twentieth of a penny, actually. A one twentieth of a penny. In the form of a, a Bitcoin. Go a for it, Satoshi. No, I'm just, I'm adding extra information. Oh, definitely. Sure. Um, and send us a message. That's really all we care about. Uh, it's not necessarily the financial gains of this. No, I mean, it's just showing that you you found some, some you you liked what you heard, you found it valuable, um, and you want to interact with us. If you don't want to do that, uh, although we'd really appreciate if you did, because that at least would make me feel a little more solidified in the in the product itself. Um, we also have an email. Uh, Savannah, if you want to go ahead and say it, because I always screwed up. <laughs> yeah, that email is pleb2pleb.podcast.gmail.com. It's P-L-E-B, the number two, pleb.podcast.gmail.com. All righty. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> just no one I was like, in. do we you have just... any other form of contacting? No, Guess that's not. it. That's it. Uh, okay. Well, uh, Savannah led it to an awkward ending, but uh, I am Jorge. I'm Savannah. And you're listening to Just Plebs, or you just listened to Just Plebs. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I uh, will see you next week.